0: All right. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Hardcore Mortgage Real Estate Business Show podcast that we do here live on June 7th. I'm Harvey Freed. I see John Kolb is joining us. Becky Alley joining us.
1: What's up, everybody? Happy Wednesday.
0: And of course, Yaz from the Social House. How are you doing, Social Social? Good.
2: House. Yeah. Hey, we haven't good. Seen- How are you? Good morning. How's everybody doing? Great. Great. Everyone's
0: loud and clear here. We got good reception, which is fantastic. Hey guys, always, um, we talk about always the different seasons of home buying. It's no, no longer that anymore because we almost feel like home buying kicked off January 15th this year and it's still springtime. The weather is now cooling off a little bit. Yes, let's dive into that really, what's going on out there in the current marketplace here in Southeast Michigan, just to get the show off and rolling.
2: Yeah, for sure. We've been getting a ton of questions, honestly, just about how the market's doing and, you know, just if it's the right time to buy, you know, like always, as we're getting as real estate agents. Um, during the fall, things were really, really slow. And I didn't really, it, w- it was actually much slower than usual, just because all those int- interest rates kind of hiked up. But then, you know, come, you know, New Year, Spring, we started to see just more inventory, but not not as much, not as much as last year or the year before. But the buyers who are looking right now, those buyers are, you know, they're in their tooth and nail, like they're fighting and they're serious about buying. You know, I always say right now is in 2023, like if you're someone who needs to buy and is capable of buying, that's what you're doing this year. Um, just with the way that the market is slowing, so I mean, there still isn't as much inventory as we'd like. So if you're a seller and you want to get top dollar for your home, you know, like think way over list price or way over the Zillow price that you're seeing because you're going to get it. Um, but that's that's pretty much where we're at right now. Um, the biggest thing is, you know, I'm getting like, oh, are more people going to be putting their homes on the market? You know, once the school year is over. And um, I don't actually believe that's really true. I believe that people are doing it right now because they really don't want to be moving during that, you know, August September time when kids are actually going back to school. So um, the the majority of inventory is going to be happening now. So if you're looking to buy, I would recommend, you know, getting the pre approval and sitting down and maybe looking over those finances and you know getting into the market today.
1: Yeah, I agree with I agree with everything you're saying. You know, because right now, if you look at the inventory and the supply you're at 1.7 months. Okay, what does that mean to the average consumer? That means that we're still very much in a seller's market. Yep. And, you know, the individuals that are thinking you waiting for this, you know, the market to turn and the crash. Okay, a buyer's market really is six months of supply, meaning that we have enough homes to last for six months. And it's just not happening for quite some time. So to Yaz's point, we've been preaching this for a really long time. But what is good is that I feel like people are finally listening. They're finally listening to the experts. They're finally listening to us that have been doing this for a really long time. They're listening to us say the same things over and over again on the Hardcore Mortgage Show. Heard every Saturday at 97.1 talking about the same things about, you know, the inventory and now is is the time because rent is getting completely out of control.
2: Out of control. It really is. And even the qualifications
1: for people that are renting are getting like, you need to get, it's just like a whole mortgage right now because the people that are investing and the investors that are now taking over the rental market, they are forcing these buyers to go through pretty extreme measures to even get into a rental right now.
2: Yeah, definitely. And I actually just read an article recently in the city of Detroit um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with this, but in the city of Detroit, there's actually kind of a flip on the way taxes are actually paid by the, by the people who own property in Detroit. So if you're an investor developer in Detroit, you are actually paying substantially less taxes than an actual homeowner. And the mayor just recently um, mentioned that he's actually trying to get that reverse. So it'll be really, really interesting just to see how much more rent shoots up even after that, you know, because like, if they're going to be charging developers, and investors in cities like Detroit, where people really do like to rent because they like to be, you know, in that kind of downtown midtown scene, um, you know, $2,500 a month for rent is probably going to be, you know, the good days versus like what they're probably going to see as developers and investors get cracked with probably more taxes since they're going to be taking it easier on homeowners, which I hope that's what they do because Detroit taxes are crazy.
1: They are crazy. And the benefit does need to go to the homeowner, which is why. And I know you, you post about this particular program that we also participate in because of these things, because everyone is aware that you have some outsiders coming in. So outsiders coming in are people from other states recognizing that Detroit is affordable. It's up and coming mm-hmm. and they are forcing these rental markets to go up. So there's a lot of programs out there for first time homebuyers where they're giving these huge incentives because they want the homeowner that's going to occupy the home to win. So we do have a program where if you live in Detroit and you wanna buy in Detroit, you can even get a two unit property under this program, up to $25,000 to go towards your closing costs, your prepaids, which is huge. Um, it is a little bit of an income cap on that. So you have to qualify income, but there is no real credit score requirement other than the bare, the 580 requirement, assuming you qualify for all the other boxes. But reach out to us at Capital Mortgage Funding. Check out Yaz on social media because she did a really good post. It was very informative. Um, and it was actually pretty on point with um, all the other details
2: that go along with this
1: program. Yeah, thank to-
2: you. Sorry, go ahead.
1: go ahead. Yeah, I was just
2: going to say, if you're looking to buy any anywhere really, and especially in an up and coming area like Detroit, you really, really should be doing your homework on you know city grants, county grants. Sometimes there's neighborhood grants. You know, like mm-hmm. I know in the southwest pocket of Detroit where. Um, you know the um like the Mexican village, uh, the Ford Central Station is. There's an association that's giving away a ten thousand dollar grant. That's not through any particular lender. That's just something that that neighborhood is offering. So, you know, if you're if you're looking to move, really, really do your research. Call lenders like Capital Mortgage. You guys have like, you know, you guys are partnering with um associations like that. So I think it's mm-hmm. definitely it's definitely something that people should be looking into for sure.
0: Yeah. yeah fight, fight over these houses. is just crazy right now. Bring John Coleman to the mix real quick, John. Uh, Browers getting their offers accepted. I threw it out there with Yaz a little bit. Sometimes that second offer, if you're that second offer, stick yep. with hopefully your real estate agent even sticks with that communication with the listing agent in case something happens where that offer doesn't work out, that being that second offer sometimes will go ahead and get you that house.
3: Yeah. We've seen a lot of, uh, good, uh, good addendums making people verified backup offers so for example if someone gets their offer uh, they say they're they're next in line say okay well let's put that in writing you know if that first person falls through if that too good of an offer falls through i want to be the next person in line that you are you're you're tied to and uh, we've seen that through addendums we've seen that through some good verbiage on the addendums that just puts the uh the backup offer as a uh as a you know a piece of literature so that people have to follow through with it. And I've seen it come through a couple different times because uh unfortunately we do have just people making offers a site unseen, um, over asking, wait using that uh inspection period to renegotiate the price or whatever. Yeah. And you know what? Shame on uh the listing agents for not realizing that because we're seeing a lot of that, but it's hard to pick that stuff out, especially with uh these crazy offers that are going on. So yeah, verified backup offer is the way to go all day.
1: There's also a lot of, and I'm not throwing it under the bus. I mean, there's a lot of amazing lenders out there, but there's a lot of bad lending happening right now. There's a lot of bad pre-approvals out there. And the reason why we bring that up is because what John is talking about we're not the first call sometimes, but if there's a problem, we're the ones that are people that are calling us to get in there and fix it. I actually have several just this month alone with it was an FHA spot approval falling apart. No one thought to get creative. And actually, this buyer can go conventional. We don't even have to do an FHA spot approval, right? It just takes a little bit of extra time um to look at a file. And that's why like I take a lot of pride in the fact that we might not be that first offer, but we're gonna be that last offer as soon as we get in, you know, get in the trenches because. Who's on that pre-approval does matter and write the offer, submit the backup offer because people are pulling out of of their offer once they realize they may not want it, or maybe their financing does come through. And if your name's on that pre-approval and you have an amazing agent like Yaz that's Breaking, you know, crossing the barrier and shaking the hands and kissing the babies, right? Remember, (laughs) yes. And there's a reason why yes is so successful is because she knows how to bridge that gap. And we when we preach about the team, there's a reason why the lender and the real estate agent have to be a united front. The days of lending versus real estate, whether it's a selling or buying side, it's over. It's over because this is a back-to-basics market, and this is where the relationships do matter, especially for these buyers, because that is
2: what's winning sometimes. Absolutely. I'm actually really glad we're talking about this because so many real estate agents quit as soon as they submit an offer and learn that they didn't win. And they mm-hmm. can be so, so close. And you know, to John's point, there are so many things that you can write up, and so many strategies right now are important just with the way that the market is shaping up. So I mean... Calling the listing agent is the first thing that you can do. I can't tell you how many times being on the listing side, an agent has just forwarded an offer to me. I've never talked to them. I don't know who their lender is. No one's ever picked up the phone. They might be the highest offer, but they might not be the agent I want to work with because they've never even extended any sort of, um, I don't know, meet and greet with me. So I don't even know, you know, what they're I don't even know what their situation is at all. Um, so like, and if you're really just gonna forward an offer, you're probably not really doing all of the work that you should be doing as a real estate a real estate agent. And then when the second offer comes in, you know, sometimes so many real estate agents quit because they're not understanding that, you know, like John and Harvey said, like that inspection period is so pivotal to the people who are making that initial offer. They're coming in over asking, you know, they're they're selling their kidneys. They're doing whatever it takes <laughs> right. to get into that, to get into that first line of position. And then, you know, they get into the inspection and they're like, all right, well, we were first. We don't really know what that second offer looks like. So let's ask for concessions. Let's ask for, you know, money off the top of the price. And then that's when the listing agent, like I would, you know, like any listing agent would, they would say, Hey, you know, we didn't think you guys were gonna play games because you guys were so serious about coming in first and you guys were so um, you guys were so ambitious. We're just going to call the second offer now and we're going to see if they're going to come in. I'll tell them exactly what you found during the inspection and I'll see if they're okay with it. And honestly, eight times out of 10, sometimes nine times out of 10, that second offer is going to say, cool, we don't care that there's a crack in the foundation. We'll fix it. We'll just mm-hmm. take our offer. We won't even do a second inspection and we'll move forward. And as a listing agent, I've done the same thing. Anytime I have a second offer in line. As soon as that first buyer starts to nitpick that inspection, I'm getting on the phone immediately to see if that second offer can just take over whatever that first buyer is trying to do. So that real estate agent who wrote that second offer, you should absolutely be calling that listing agent. You should see when that inspection is scheduled. You should follow up after the inspection, see what happened, see if there's anything that you can do, even if the listing agent's feeling a little uneasy, because I've definitely won in situations like that when it looked like we weren't going to anymore. I love yeah, that. Exactly. I want to
1: stay on something. I want to stay, I want to, there's two things that she brought up, but one more important is you were talking about inspections. Let's stay on this for one second. Yeah. So you're talking about like, you just threw out a random like crack in the foundation, right? These yeah, are yeah. things that come up in, in reports, right? But we don't see as a lender, we don't see the private home inspection, right? Yeah, but that's agents, on purpose. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Right. So the agents do, but as a, as an appraiser goes out there, right. Whether yeah. it's FHA or conventional, I need people to hear this. an an FHA or a conventional appraiser can cite something that they feel is a health or safety concern. Okay. Just because it's a conventional mortgage doesn't mean they're not going to say, Hey, there's a giant crack in the freaking foundation. There's a hole in the roof. There's clear visible mold in the basement. A conventional appraiser will cite that. And that will have to be fixed, remediated, whatever. So the point of me bringing this up is because When we as a lender bring that up and all and you have real estate agents that want to clinch their pearls like, oh, my God, gas! we never knew this was happening. I, I just it's like it makes me laugh a little bit because, again, it doesn't have to be the lending side. We have to make sure that we are the majority investor of these properties majority of the time. And we have to make sure that we are putting our buyers in a property that is of sound it's not going to fall apart and we need to work together to fix these items. And, you know, because those are things that definitely the agents have negotiated amongst themselves before the lender even gets involved. Right. Yes, I'm t- glad you brought
0: t- that. So quick. Yes, real quick. I'm just going to throw this out there. Um, The legal part of it is we are sponsored by Capital Mortgage Funding. We are powered by Fairway Independent Mortgage Corporation, NMLS, 2289, Equal Housing Lender. Stick with this topic. Yes, you got a lot to add. I had a fuse box and cloth wiring. And now all of a sudden my buyer's a little squirrely on the house and they're going to turn the sprinklers on this afternoon. And he is sort of reaching out. He's a little squirrely about it. We'll see how things shake out. Maybe he ends up getting three or $4,000 seller's concessions just to set him at ease and maybe leave him a little extra money to buy that washer and dryer. But mm-hmm. this house is outstanding. And yes, yeah, just like you're saying, that communication is so important still because that next offer Like I'm telling this guy, look, there's other three or four families that would love. So always keep that communication open line going.
2: Yeah. And if you're doing an inspection, this is something I always tell my buyers. If you're doing an inspection and the inspector says, "Uh, you know, the attic isn't really looking too great. The roof is looking a little uneasy. You know, you might have maybe one to two years. I mean, the inspector isn't a roofer. So if you know you were talking about electrical work. If the buyer is really uneasy and they want a second opinion, during that inspection contingency, I've always brought other professionals to the property to give them a quote just so they know what they're getting into. I recently had a sewer line issue at a property and um, we scoped the line. You know, the person, the inspector that scoped the sewer line said, yeah, this could be anywhere from five to $15,000. I mean... At that point, you're like, okay, let's get someone who actually specializes in this, who can actually dig this up and let us know what's going on, if that's something that we need to do. So we did. We got a second opinion. During the inspection contingency, the seller was totally fine with it. And and honestly, the seller should be fine with it because if you're not going to give the buyer the ability to get any sort of second or third opinion on what's actually going on with the home, knowing that the buyer still wants to move forward, it, it kind of looks like sometimes you're hiding something. So you really want to be aware of that as a seller. Um, but we did. We went ahead. We got a professional at the property. We got a second opinion on the sewer line. The sewer line ended up being a um, a six thousand dollar repair. And this one was actually a little bit. This one was actually a little bit creative because there were no appliances at the property. We had a grant, so the buyer didn't have to bring any closing costs or any down payment. So we couldn't build in any concessions, and it didn't. It wouldn't matter to take anything off the top of the price of the property. So we actually ended up agreeing to do an appliance credit. So the Hmm. seller agreed to do a $6,000 appliance credit from Home Depot so that the buyer could reimburse themselves for that sewer line. So as real estate agents, you know, if you're ever in a position where you're kind of like, I don't really know how to get them concessions, it wouldn't really make sense to take off anything off the bottom line, you know, look for those other inches to kind of get creative for your client. So we ended up winning in the end. I love that sewer line.
0: John Cole, let's touch a little bit uh, real quick about the little up north action up there. Inventory is really tight. Again, this beautiful weather. I heard some of the local radio stations were up there in Mackinac, the number one destination for families. Wow, the weather's been spectacular here in Michigan, a little on the dry side. If everything doesn't burn down up north, John, there's still some opportunity maybe to buy that vacation home. I mean, good luck getting a home up there. There's
3: uh, (laughs) just like down here, things are flying off the market people are not getting rid of their properties they're adding on they're they're renovating it's it's crazy it's i love like i said i love to see it um it just uh it brings so much beauty to the lake that we're on uh, just by these properties being uh updated so uh, so vastly um but you know just like down here you got to make a strong offer over asking uh appraisal guarantees and you better come with a lot of cash because that's what you're going to need i mean and also with that is you know be prepared to pay a much higher interest rate on second homes because second homes are the same pricing as investment properties. Mm -hmm. Uh, Our our esteemed uh, regime does not want people owning multiple properties anymore. So they're starting to trying to price people out of the market. But uh, if you're uh, willing to uh, pay the slightly higher interest rate and get it done, we can, we can make it happen. And uh, it's a great opportunity for long-term wealth out of a, out of an investment home.
2: Thank you.
0: Becky, like when people are hanging around these uh, campfires up north and hanging around and enjoying themselves in the lake, I don't think they're talking about interest rates. They're talking about living life, getting their families together, and all that fun stuff.
1: Yeah, like I mean, the cool thing about Michigan is like literally, you drive a couple hours and you you could feel like you're looking at like Torch lake. It's tr- it's literally tropical looking water. It's beautiful. Michigan is beautiful. We can snow. We can ski, snowboard. We can do all the things. But when people are buying up north, they are looking to build legacy. They these are sometimes these homes, once they are um they are owned, they are now going three, four generations deep because people are understanding that they're not making more property on lakes. It just it is what it is. And if you can get a piece of that real estate, great for you. A friends of mine they bought um in Higgins a couple of years ago, they did the right thing at the right time because now you can't even touch a property on Higgins Lake. I don't even think there's anything that's um uh, that's listed for under a million dollars, right? So the inventory in Michigan, um, as far as in the you know, the Tri-County areas is sparse. It's way worse up north. And, you know, and that's why it's important to make sure you're with the right agents that know what is happening in all the markets because Detroit's its own animal. Right up north is its own animal, Metro to Pollen area, it's its own animal. And working with Yaz over at Social House, she knows how to navigate each and every single one of those markets because she is connected, she is boots on the ground, and she's doing her research. So, therefore, that's why her buyers are not frustrated, that's why they are winning, and that's also why their sellers are getting top dollar.
0: Yeah, I'll let you promote Social House stuff you guys got going on. You guys do the great newsletter. I know Eric's father has been uh, editing that and now you're doing some advertising on that. Anything that you want to share with us from your office?
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. So Social House Group is um, is the real estate brokerage we started in 2019. Um, and last year, we started a kind of sister company for Social House Group called Social House News. So it's good news only. Um, and Ed Wright is our editor and writer. He's absolutely phenomenal. And he is Eric's dad. Um, we kind of plucked him away from a different company. So we're glad that he's on board. And yeah, he has been going um, just all over Southeast Detroit and uh, the Southeastern area of Michigan. And he's been, um, you know, writing about, you know, any new businesses that are opening, um, just any, anything, anything that kind of just makes you feel like warm and cozy and fuzzy, you know, it's just good news. Like we're not, you know, we, there's so much bad news everywhere. So it was like, it was just one of those things where like, where can we create, you know, a social media platform or a platform for people to just go and read about good things happening in their community? And, you know, we've been getting a ton of new visitors. And um, since the website has taken off, and since um, all the articles have been taking off um, over the last year, we're finally beginning to introduce um, a new kind of like ad segment to people who want to, you know, maybe um, advertise for their business on the website, because we're getting 100,000 unique visitors every single day. So, um, you know, if you are a restaurant or if you are a company and you're located in the southeastern area of Michigan and you're looking for just a little more oomph and a little more maybe eyes on, you know, what you're building, what you're doing, what you're selling, and you're looking for that ad space, um, you know, reach out to myself, reach out to Eric Wright, um, because we are selling space on Social House News. And if you'd like to look at the website, it's socialhousenews.com. And it's also on Instagram if you want to read any of the articles. And same thing with Facebook. So. It's a great site to definitely learn about just what's going on in your community.
0: All right. The news was overwhelming the last few weeks. They were talking about the debt ceiling. Now that issue has been resolved. Interest rates are still at historical lows. There's a lot of great things going on. You can reach out to Social House Group Realty, of course. Check out Yaz there if you're listing or selling your house in the future. You guys, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up here. It's been another version of the Hardcore Mortgage Real Estate Show podcast. And Becky, if you've got something to add, otherwise I'm going to let you guys go.
1: Yeah. So number one, thank you, Yaz. You are literally Absolutely. like I, I called you the one of the realest in real estate. And that is a fact. Um, you're eloquent. You know what's up. And I love the fact that you guys are just putting out good news because there's a lot of sour grapes out there. So if we can, you know, the fact that you're trying to shine a light on Anything that's positive in the world right now, I'm all about it. And I'm here to, I'll shine that light on you guys as bright as I can as well. I want to also say thank you to every single solitary person that came out to the Don't Be a Drag, Just Be a Queen bingo charity event. It was so amazing. Fun. So much fun. It was a total vibe in there. Um, we will see you next year when we're doing it. I'm going to have some other details and announce how much we were able to raise for the Gillian Beret Syndrome um, Foundation. So thank you so much to everyone that came out there. Um, I'm also going to be selling all the, the Pride swag. Um, the whole month of June, and those proceeds will go to the gillian Beret Syndrome Foundation as well as the Ferndale Pride Association as well. All
0: right, great stuff. Everybody catch us
1: on the Hardcore Mortgage Real Estate uh, Business Show, of course,
0: coming up this Saturday on 97.1 The Ticket. We'll see you then.